This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup, and this is your 4x5 episode for Wednesday, April 21st. Going to be talking to four writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each until the sound of Steve Alexander's alarm. We will look at the lay of the land in Detroit with some rookies taking over there, plus some notable performances from a couple of red-hot three-point specialists, and we're going to try to sort out the mess in Oklahoma City. That rotation that has given us so much joy is also giving us headaches, I think. So all that and much more coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. And I am joined now by Ryan Knauss. Ryan, hello. Hello, Matt. I, I hope that you and anyone listening are still competing in their fantasy playoffs. You um, know, I am. I've uh, I've taken a Lillard hit recently in some leagues. The Fred Van Vliet thing is still ongoing, it seems. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know... It's tough. It's tough trying to tread water in these playoffs, but I'm kind of enjoying it. And I'm kind of miserable. It's kind of a combo. Uh, how about you? Yeah. Dame getting hurt this league is brutal. I, I also lost him in a league. And I mean, he's that guy you rely on because he's always healthy and seemingly, you know, doesn't miss games. And the Blazers aren't that team that's going to be running away with a playoff seed and comfortable resting guys. So it's like he's always the sweet spot. One reason I love to get him. So it's even more painful when he's injured late in the season like this. Agreed completely. Okay, our clock is ticking. So you wanted to talk, I know, about a couple of three, maybe one three-point specialist in particular. So let's go for that. Well, quick Quick, I was as I was writing a player news blurb last night about uh, Davis Bertans, I noted that he's taken 59 field goal attempts in April. Would you care to guess how many of those were inside the arc? Five. One. 
Wow. He's taken one out of his 59 shots. It was not a three-pointer. And after last night's game, Scott Brooks said, if if Bertans shoots 12 threes a night, I would be the happiest coach in the league. Uh, and with good reason. I mean, he's he's fantastic from distance after a brutal start this season. He was slowed by conditioning issues early, then he got hurt. But he's back now, and he's, he's shooting well. I mean, 4.1 threes per game over the past month is second only to a man named Stephen Curry. Yeah, I was just starting to trust Bertans, and then last weekend he missed back-to-back games with uh, due to personal reasons, I believe, so that was frustrating, how, but yeah, how came back. How dare he have a, attend his son's birth? <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, you can't really you can't really adjust that timing, I understand, but it didn't help uh, in fantasy <laughs> leagues. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's a certain bar you have to clear, I think, as a guy who mostly just gets points and threes, and he is clearing it right now. And I would say the same thing is true for Grayson Allen, who went off again on mm-hmm. Monday. 24 points, I think. So, yeah, I, I'm not a huge I'm – not, I'm not huge on picking up points and threes, guys. But if you're getting like three and a half, four threes a game, that, that's going to do it. For sure. And Grayson Allen is a situation where it's just like suspended disbelief for me. Like, I don't – didn't think he was actually this good. I didn't think he could maintain top 100 fantasy value, shoot 46% from the field for an extended period, despite taking so many of his attempts from deep, uh, give you a couple of assists, almost a steal per game uh, going back into late March. So he's kind of doing it all. I mean, he's a reasonable guy to roster in 12 team, and I see no reason why his role would change. Dylan Brooks is a little bit banged up, but just day to day. But even with Brooks healthy, with D'Anthony Melton playing well, he erupted in his, in his return on Monday. Uh, but Grayson looks like the full-time starter. He's a three-point specialist. He's getting it done. So I think he's going to be a fine player to have on your roster the rest of the way. Yeah, you mentioned that big stat line from Melton. He's worth looking at if he's sitting out on your waiver wire. But, Ryan, you wanted to also talk about Oklahoma City as we have about 90 seconds left here. So what are your thoughts there? Oh, that's yeah. So, I mean, Moses Brown, I think, although he was so terrific for so long, had some monster stat lines, I'm fine moving on. I believe he's had back-to-back scoreless games. He has uh, one block in those contests on Sunday and Monday. Obviously, Tony Bradley is cutting into his role. Uh, Isaiah Roby is going to get his minutes. Darius Basley needs to get minutes. Uh Poku needs some minutes. Uh, so the front court is just too crowded for me to trust Brown. I'm, I'm ready to move on. Tony Bradley's fine. He's almost a block per game, 10 points on almost 70% shooting in April, uh, seven boards per game. So that's fine if he's going to get low, you know, low 20s playing time. And in fact, in, in OKC's past 10 games of lineups, five-man lineups that have been together 10 minutes or longer, the only center in their four lineups with a positive net rating has been Tony Bradley. Moses hmm. Brown, nowhere close. His best was negative 14 net rating. So, yeah, Tony Bradley kind of looks like the guy. He's eroding Brown's minutes. So I, I think I'd rather have him than Moses at the moment. Yeah, he's not quite, just looking at his game log and minutes, he's not quite there to where you'd be thrilled about picking him up, but it is very clear that he's putting a, a sizable dent in Moses Brown's fantasy value. To many managers' chagrin. <laughs> and I don't even, we're, we're running out of time, I don't even know. Poku is just the wildest roller coaster. Missed a couple free throws on Monday night, bad shooting, but still had like five dimes, a couple threes, a steal. So it's just, it's a lot of good and a lot of bad on any given night. You said it. Okay. Well, Ryan, I hope this has been as rewarding for you as it has been for me. It's really been a great five minutes. I've enjoyed it. 
<laughs> Same here. Next time, we need more than 90 seconds to thoroughly talk about OKC's front court. But I think we, we hit the high points. All right. Well, let's put it on our on our agenda for the upcoming podcast later in the week. You got it. And try not to forget about it. And we'll also talk about Lou against Dort at that time. Okay. It'll be a, a Thunder-centric episode. So everyone <laughs> look out for that. <laughs> what better teaser? Very yeah. exciting. All right, Ryan. Thanks, man. Bye. We are joined now by Raphael Johnson. We talk rookies around this time every week, and we got a couple names we got to discuss in Detroit. Let's start with Killian Hayes, Raph, who had 12 points, nine dimes in 33 minutes on Monday night. I know that you are high on this guy coming to the season. We're starting to see why. Uh, give us your latest. Um, yeah, you know he's healthy finally. Um, he seems to be off that minutes restriction that he, they had when he originally came back, so that's good. I think what he played 33 minutes. 33. Yep, 33 minutes. So you know you're going to get value there. Um, Corey Joseph is a prime candidate to be rested on occasion, you know, as we've seen recently. So I don't think you're going to have to worry too much about a veteran kind of sniping minutes away from Killian Hayes. So I think right now, if he's still available, he should be because he's rostered in like 21% of Yahoo leagues right now. I think you should go grab him if you're in the midst of your fantasy playoffs because he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned rest for Corey Joseph. We could also, we have seen Killian Hayes resting on yeah. back-to-back. So that's really the only the only caution I have at this point. And they go back-to-back on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. So I think we're kind of expecting him to sit one of those games. But if you can be prepared for that, then he is worth starting at the moment. And his teammate, Isaiah Stewart, went off again on Monday without Mason Plumley. I think 18 points, 16 rebounds, three steals, three blocks, if I have that correct. Yes. And and what really stood out to me before that is with Mason Plumley playing, we saw Stewart go for, I think, 19 and 12 mm-hmm. with a couple of blocks. And that was, to me, the real encouraging sign because that was one of the first games where we've seen Stewart really have yeah. a, a big ceiling game with Plumley on the court. Oh, agreed. Uh, I think before that, we had like 21 rebounds or something like that. Yeah. 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 He's certainly aggressive. Um, Obviously, you know, like you said, with Plumlee, he's going to be a candidate to rest on occasion. Um, There really isn't a reason to rest Stewart. They might maybe out of, you know, just to give him an occasional day off, but he's a rookie and he's been healthy all year long. So I don't see him being a guy that they would sit unlike a Killian Hayes on occasion. So, yeah, I think this is a really good time to get in on him. His roster percentage is much higher than that of Hayes, so it's going to be a bit tougher to find him right now. But if he's still available, Stewart's a guy you definitely want to try to close out your season with. I think he's sitting around the last three games, 17 points per game, 16 rebounds per game, and just over two blocks per game and a steal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the guy's just a monster. And it's finally happening. It's fun to see. 54% rostered. That number is up 26% in the last week. So he's mostly gone in competitive leagues, but it's looking like it's going to be a fun finish for anyone who made that move. Now, less fun has been the Tyrese Halliburton experience, at least just lately, maybe just the last game, and maybe I'm overreacting, but I did think it was notable that I think Halliburton had just 16 minutes um, in their last game over the weekend on Sunday. And DeLon Wright notably is playing well for the Kings. I mean, is that is that a very is that a clear like seesaw effect for you with those two? I don't know if I consider it to be a major concern because Halliburton's still just outside the top 100 over the last week. So you know he's doing some things with the minutes that he gets. That being said, yeah. you do want to see him back into the mid to high 20s 
But with the way Thelon Wright's playing right now, that may be difficult to do because they seem to be all in on trying to get into a playoff, a play-in round spot. So maybe Luke Walton's kind of leaning on his veterans a bit more. That being said, Halliburton's been pretty good all year long, so I don't know why you kind of limit his his presence within your rotation. Yeah, it was just kind of, it was just alarming to see that yeah. 16 minutes, three points, two dimes, and as you said, the game before that he was fine, 12 points, a couple steals, a couple threes. The game before that he had six steals. So I'm really just looking at one game, but just you do see the minutes have trended down, 31 to 29 to 24 to 16 in the last four games. So I think it's a situation where we'll be watching. Tuesday's game closely yeah. to see what Halliburton's minutes look like. And if it's 20 or less, I'm going to be uh, slightly more alarmed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, well, we got about a minute left. We had planned to talk about those three. Are there any other rookies that you wrote about recently that uh, might be worth mentioning here? What, I know you're high on Poku for one. We saw that sort of wild performance yeah. from him on Monday <laughs> night. Like, is Does the good I still outweigh the bad for you at this point? I do. I think there's a, another game we had, what, six blocks? Like, it, yeah. You never, it's kind of like, he's kind of like the box of chocolates rookie where you really don't know what you're going to get on a game to game basis. But I think he's playing. He played in both ends of the back to back, which is good to see given the fact that he missed five games with the sore right arm. So obviously, he's going to be playing 30 plus minutes a night when he's out there. Um, the question is, do you really know what you're going to get? I think, I think he's worth the gamble personally, but just be ready for that occasional dud where he really doesn't give you much offensively. Yeah, five dimes in each of those two games. That was good. Three for 11 in one, four for 14 in the other, six blocks in one, six turnovers in the other. So truly <laughs> just the ultimate fantasy wild card right now yeah. is Poku. And that is our time. Raph, we packed a lot in there. That was a productive five minutes. Good to hear. All right. All right. I'll see you. I'll see you next week, man. Have a All good right. one. Take care. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Just a quick reminder, you can get access to our League Sync tool, our DFS tools, and our betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter the code STU10 for 10% off any subscription. All right, we're welcoming in Dr. A. Steve Alexander is here today. Beverageless. No beverage, which is a little bit of a jarring 
jarring to my system to see you without any sort of beverage, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. What's going on with you? Steve Lemonade Alexander <laughs> does not have any lemonade and it's No lemonade. I you know, I don't feel good about it. I mean, you know, pollen is heavy right now. Allergy season is here. I'm I'm feeling the effects of that and I just hope we don't have some sort of beverageless meltdown. Real question. Before we get into our basketball talk, real question. How many how many glasses of lemonade are we talking about per day for you on average? Um I would say I'll like a it. large a large fast food restaurant glass size of lemonade lemonade for me a day. Gotcha. Okay. Noted. I'm just put that on my chart. Hang on. Okay. Uh got it. What uh anything basketball wise catch your eye this last day or two since we last talked? Uh did you guys already talk about Steph Curry a lot, I assume? I uh, no, we really didn't. We really didn't. Let's talk about Steph Curry. I heard uh I heard a r- rumor that he's playing well. Yeah. And <laughs> and the nice thing about last night is that he played well when Kelly Oubre actually played because as soon as Oubre went down with that wrist injury, it seemed like Curry just went nuts and started going ballistic. And somebody pointed out on Twitter that, you know, he's done this without Oubre in the lineup. Now that Oubre is coming back, hopefully that doesn't mess things up. And I think a big part of what happened on Monday night was the fact that Seth Curry was guarding Steph Curry. And oh boy. you could just tell they were both fired up about it. And Curry Curry is amazing, man. Like if if you thought that maybe Curry's time had come and gone and and the Warriors window was closed, I don't think that is the case. And he's hit he's the first player in NBA history, what is it, to hit 53 pointers in a 6-game span. Yeah, and it's 54 is the number specifically, I believe. And that is 9 per game. <laughs> He's averaging nine threes per game over his last six. Matt, how many three-pointers did Michael Jordan hit in his best season from downtown, I wonder? I, we, we do you, should, ha- do we you have this number? I'll, I'm, looking, I'm looking right now. Continue your thought. I'm, I'm doing quick research here. Um, so the Steph Curry thing is amazing. I've got him in a, that weird points league that I talk about going up against my man, ESPN's uh, Tom Carpenter who has been in that league every year that I have, which is about coming up somewhere around 20 years. And uh, Tommy and I always have a good battle going. So that that's pretty fun. 111 threes for Jordan. He did that twice. Now, this, this six-game run for Curry, though, is better than Jordan's total threes in a season. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and 11 seasons. So 54 is more than Jordan hit in 11 different seasons. Now, granted, a different time, a different era, Steve. Different game. You know? Yeah. Steph yeah. Curry changed the game, Matt. I don't know yeah. if you knew this. Yeah. I heard. I heard. No, it's incredible. It's tr- It's truly amazing. And uh, those who did not panic, they, I, you know, I remember getting messages from fantasy managers you know, on Twitter a month or two ago worried about a, a Curry shutdown. Those who ended up with Curry or stuck with him are... Uh, Really loving life right now in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, and I've playing. I've got LeBron and Jared has Curry in the Roto World Draft Show League. So that that's not that's not looking very good for me right now. So, but I'm excited. Curry's going to finish out the season. Looks like. 
And we got about one minute, number two on the season in nine category leagues behind Jokic, according to basketballmonster.com. We got about one minute left, Steve. Anything else on your mind? Props to this podcast for being all about Isaiah Stewart a few weeks ago. And I mean, Stewart's going to carry teams to the finish line, I think. And and really, uh, I, I told Ryan, who was writing the pickup of the day for the for the Edge Tools, Season Tools subscription, I said, for pickup of the day tonight, just write, pick a piston, any piston. That's not like Jeremy. That's not over 25 years old. And you'll be good to go. Because it's all kids all the time now. The nice thing about Stuart is sometimes we've mentioned people like 35 times over the course of a season. It's like, why did we do that? At least in Stuart's case, it's paying off. Did you hear that? Yeah, I feel like. I feel like he started the clock a little early. It shouldn't have started until after lemonade chatter was was over. <laughs> the chatter, lemonade chatter, is baked into your five minutes. Wasted a minute on lemonade chatter. <laughs> well, go pour yourself a glass, Steve, and we'll see you back here on Friday. All right, man. Have a good one. Okay. Yeah, you too. Okay, the final contestant on today's program is Jared Johnson. It's me. <laughs> it's Jared. Matt, I don't know if you've heard of this fellow, um, Stephen Curry. The name is vaguely, vaguely familiar. He's yes. pretty good at basketball. He's, he's actually pretty great at it. I'm hearing things to that effect. <laughs> Tell me about it. Last five games, this is going to be points and triples. Okay. 49 and 10, 47, 11, 33, 4, 42, 11, 53 and 10 last night. What happened in that 33 and 4 game? I know, what a scrub. <laughs> took the night off. Yeah, took the night geez. off. <laughs> um, no one in NBA history has made more threes, 46 in a 5 game stretch. Um, since April 12th, Curry has more threes than any two NBA players combined, more threes than eight NBA teams. Even Grayson Allen and Desmond Bain? Even more than those guys. 62 more points than any other player in the league. I don't know if you know this, Matt, but it's um fantasy playoff season as man. we speak. And man. this man is uh, guiding us to the promised land if you happen to have him on your roster. Let me tell you something. The one roster where I have him I am not going to the promised land. <laughs> there may be of, uh, some some other things going on, but hey, it's not Steph's fault. It's not <laughs> Steph's fault. Um, I like to describe Steph like this. There's a handful of players in the NBA who can give you a 50-piece on any given night whenever they want it. But Steph, he's going to do it while smiling, shimmying, doing some wizardly, wizardry with his handles and having the time of his life while he makes you question why you ever decided to pick up a basketball. That's who Stephen Curry is. Yeah. He'll pull up from the logo or beyond. It's a good shot. His coach isn't looking at him. And Mark Jackson said this on a recent telecast. Um, he famously initially called the Curry clay backcourt the most lethal in NBA history. People mocked him. He is a bit of a hype man. He was the coach of the team at the time. Um, but he stated during the recent broadcast that Stephen Curry is the most impactful player to enter the league over the past 40 years. He's not the hype man for them anymore. And 
I, I don't, I'm not going to say he's the great. I think that LeBron James has a great case as the greatest ever play the game. I don't want to compare generations. But if you think about it, Curry has changed the league. Uh, when he came into the league 11 years ago, the average uh, amount of three-pointers that was being attempted in the league was 18.1. 11 years later, that number has skyrocketed to 34.6. I'm not sure you could make the case that anyone has quite changed the game like Stephen Curry has, and it's beautiful to watch. I would say Curry and P.J. Tucker are the two main guys. <laughs> P.J. Tucker off because of the small ball center. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's not LeBron James is the one who's taking three pointers. Now he adjusted his game. Yeah. The league adjusted to Steph Curry. Yeah. Well, so in in the minute or minute and change we have left, I got to say, like, I feel like there is a bit of a, it's been a wild thing where, you know, a lot of us are careful to draft guys over 30. In some cases, we're seeing that payoff, like Steph Curry, Paul George, for example, Jimmy Butler for the most part. But then LeBron and Kevin Durant are both, you know, not helping fantasy squads right now. Is there any lesson you take away from what you've seen this season? Or is it just you're rolling the dice on a guy over 30 and some are going to crush and some are not? I think just the way that Stephen Curry plays, his his game is going to age very gracefully. I see him being a great player up until his 40s, honestly. He doesn't rely on athleticism. He has the purest stroke we've ever seen. Like, literally. No, no one has this stroke. It's beautiful. It is basketball in its purest form. Um, so I, don't, I think that he's in a unique case. You can't just be like, oh, um, blah, 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 30. Okay. But the way that he plays is going to allow him to play well into his late years. Yeah, but I mean, Durant and LeBron are both playing well. They just couldn't stay healthy. So I well, but I Durant don't know. is yeah. coming off one of the most brutal injuries of all time. And True. the fact that he has done what he's done has also impressed me. True. And LeBron, you could argue, I guess a little fluky, maybe. LeBron, that, you know, this was the literally injury. the first year LeBron has, well, not the first year, but the, the first time he's experienced a setback like this, uh, yeah. he did have that groin issue the groin. when the yeah. Lakers were bad, but the Lakers were bad. Yeah. I think that had more to do with him missing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it does feel like Durant's body is not holding up. His game is, but LeBron, I don't think I would put in the same category there for whatever that's worth. Yeah. So I guess the lesson would be, uh, I'm going to continue to draft Steph Curry for the next 10 years or for so. The next, yeah. At least like five <laughs> years. I'm not worried about it. It's beautiful to watch. And just last piece, in my opinion, the true goat, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he played until his 40s, and he was good. So, reference point. Vince Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jared, thanks. Thanks That is a great end note. (laughs) Thanks for coming by. See ya. Well, that is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you may listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We're going to be back here on Friday. We promised to talk some Oklahoma City Thunder, so we will do that. And I'm sure there will be more trends to react to. Thanks to Ryan, Steve, Raph, and Jared. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will talk to you soon. Mm 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 